Welcome to the third edition of the PDP Thinking About Thinking podcast. I'm Heather Heaton and today I'm with Paul Oginski. Paul, I love our conversations and I love that every time that we talk when we do a podcast, I learn something new. What am I going to learn today? Well, today I thought we should talk about why this style of work, which PDP does, helps businesses and helps them to develop and helps the bottom line. That'll be interesting, won't it? Well, it kind of adds, it lasts, I'm going to start that again. It'll, it'll help answer some of the questions that we have from businesses. I suppose when they get in touch, they're at a certain point and there's always these key words they start to use. So let's start from the beginning. How do we help businesses? I think a key way we help businesses is for them to be clearer about what they're trying to do. Remember our previous podcast, we spoke about the importance of relationships and how people interact. And one of the things I think we really help businesses to do is understand the difference between motivation and inspiration. Okay. Sounds like we're going to go. Have I intrigued you? Have I intrigued you, Heather? (laughs) I am intrigued. Explain all, Paul. Okay. So I think it's a really important thing. And I think motivation and inspiration, people often get mixed up, as they do get mixed up with management and leadership, which, of course, is a big factor in successful businesses. So I am going to tell you a little story about uh, someone we helped with this, okay? Okay. So we've done a lot of work with an organization called Dame Kelly Holmes's Trust. So we got to know Dame Kelly Holmes quite well, uh, which is, I'm frightfully name dropping here on it, but we we did, you know, it was great that we were, um, they're a fantastic charity and what they do is take uh, people who've completed their career or come to the end of their career in athletics or sports of some kind and they obviously really motivated people and they uh, what they do is try and bring them together with young people who could do with a bit of um, motivation and direction and they, they really support uh, young people around the country in that way but we're, we're obviously that's um, a good place for us to be an organization that's looking at motivation and inspiration for young people but using athletes and anyway one day we're working there and Kelly says to see the way I call her Kelly it's like Dame Kelly <laughs> she says <laughs> Paul McCartney once told me never name drop <laughs> so this um, day she told me that she was going to run a marathon for the, the charity you know and raise some money for the charity she's net obviously she's a fantastic athlete and she's you know won gold medals at Olympic level two gold medals uh, but she'd never run a marathon before. Now, I have. I've run 10 marathons right? <laughs> in different parts of the world, raising money for charity and everything like that. And um, so she said to me, have I got any tips on uh, running marathons? You see? So I thought about this. And I thought, actually, I have, because one of the marathons I did was in New York and... If anyone's thinking of doing a marathon, do the New York marathon because when you do the London marathon, London marathon's great, but the, the people in London tend to clap and cheer, you know, very polite British way as you go around the course. Where the Americans do it in a very American way, which is like they do 
factual results and you know they're absolutely there's this cheerleaders at the side and it's, it's just an amazing atmosphere the, you go through all all the um, the bronx and harlem and everything and you end up in the central park and it's amazing but why am i telling you this story so as you're going along the route people um tend to shout how far you've got to go and things like that you know so they'll go come on there's only 10 miles to go you know and you it's like when you're running and it's 26 miles so you've done 16 miles running and someone goes only 10 miles to go it doesn't feel like a good it's like oh my god you know, your tongue's flapping around the back of your head and your feet are starting to go into different positions it's like it, it doesn't really help now something that every single marathon runner and then the people listen to this podcast and that look anyone who's done a marathon is there's a wall at 20 miles have you done a marathon either uh, not officially just for fun what does that mean? say again what does that mean not officially i was in not a um uh, a rooted one who uh, is in just doing Have it. you run continuously 26 miles? I run consistently, uh, continuously for 30 miles. All right. You always have to go one better, don't you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-army. Hello. Of course I can run. <laughs> so anyway, those people, well, you might know as well, and there's a wall of 20, which is basically when... You've used up all the lights, casted and everything, your muscles, and you just start to deteriorate from that point, and they call it the wall, it's at 20 miles. So I was, like, running on this marathon, and I was, people were, sh- I, I got, I remember I got to about 13 miles, and I thought, they kind of have signs saying, like, 14 miles, 15 miles. And I thought, oh, I've, I've missed a couple of the signs. It must be on about 18 miles. <laughs> the next one come up and it said 14 miles. I was like, oh, no, I hadn't missed any of the signs. <laughs> so anyway, when we get, and I'm terrified because I'm approaching 20 miles, which is the wall, and all my electric acid is going to go out my muscles, and, and I'm just going to, I'm thinking I'm just going to fall in a heap at 20 miles where hopefully there'll be someone like a St. John Dambles or something like that to pick me up and shuffle me in, you know. And um, anyway, when I got, I'm approaching 20 miles and this woman was standing at the side of the, where we were all running and she had a big sign and the sign said, there is no wall. And I just remember feeling this sense of relief that there wasn't a wall I can carry on running. And and it was it was inspirational for me, you know. It was like it took away something and made, made me realise I can do it, you know. And I did do it, and, and I did achieve it. So my advice to Kelly when she asked me, "Have I got any advice?" Is I said, "There is no wall at twenty mile or anywhere on the course. There is no wall." And it and a few months later, I was at a conference, and she came in. So everyone was there to see her. You know? And she seen me at the conference come over and thank me and said, oh, my God, there is no wall. There is no wall. And uh, so I, my claim to fame is I helped Kelly Holmes get one of her medals, uh, not one of her gold Olympic medals, <laughs> all the same. Now, why do I tell that story in this podcast is because I think that people don't fully understand the difference between motivation and inspiration. So motivation is when you're trying to get someone from A to B. 
So you move in the motivation. So as a, that's a very managerial thing to do. It usually involves like processes and systems and time management and targets and all that kind of stuff. And it's all very noble uh, and will get you so far. At its best, it will get you to be. So, and, and in a way, that's what the people on the route were doing. They were going, there's five miles, there's 10 miles. They were telling me, they were giving me information and kind of seeing where I was up to and that, you know. Um, but inspiration doesn't take you from A to B. Inspiration takes you from A to the stars. It's, it's, it liberates you. It frees you up to achieve whatever you want to achieve. Now, I think most organizations that we start working with, what they do is they really invest in management processes and systems and all that. They don't really invest in inspire, inspiring people, in inspiration. In, in spirit, it means inspiration is in spirit where my spirit connects with your spirit and opens up possibilities. It's like an inspirational speaker you'll listen to and you'll come away feeling liberated and like looking at, oh my God, I can, I can reach to the stars. So when people say to me, do you want to go and see a motivational speaker? I go, no, no, thanks. I really do not need a motivational speaker. If they say, do you want to come and see an inspirational speaker? Put my name down there because I do want to go and see, I want more inspiration in my life, as everybody does. Everyone appreciates some inspiration. So what you need to be thinking of as a tip for businesses, what ins will inspire my people, not what will motivate them, but what can I do? Well, how can I free them up? That needs you to believe in people and believe that they're not just going to try and rob you and do as little as they can. It means that they're gonna, you're going to liberate them and they are going to want to do more for you, for your business, for the, for the relationships they have. Uh, it's that belief that within all human beings, if you can tap into it, they want to do better, they want to be better. Do you have an example of where you've done that for a business with PDP? Well, I think we are businesses and charities and uh, organizations uh, are always about people. Um, I, I know we were working with, a, a, when you asked me the question of where, where have we done this for an organization, I know we, we were working there with a school in Doncaster. There's actually a set of schools, like in a set of academy schools. And they, they were very focused on Ofsted you know, coming in and measuring and their, and their um, targets. Very, That's very managerial, isn't it? Yeah. And what we did is we came and we got all the headmasters together, headmistresses, headmasters. And we put them through one of our courses and got them to think about how they can support one another and how they could be if we took all the chains off them and what, what education is really about. And if you do that, you know, it's like, it's, 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 becomes true education for me. It's not qualification, it's education. And by liberating the headmasters and mistresses in that way and then having fun working together for a common aim and trying to problem solve and teamwork, 
they went back to their schools and and took a lot of that pressure off the young people, you know. And then the young people did better in their exams. And that, that seems counterproductive, but instead of trying to motivate young people to do well in exams, inspiring young people to do well in their exams is is far, far better. But most people don't take the time out to think about that. They're caught in the as a cog in the wheel. Yeah. The, the process, the system, the um, the chain, if you like, of, yeah. of like, young people going through. It's like uh, we take it back to that business and that functionality. I think sometimes it just the human element sometimes gets forgotten about, doesn't it? Until it's too late, and they do. The people focus on the processes. On you know, we have this form completes this, and this person then has to do this, and and it's around yeah. the actions rather than kind of all the magic stuff in between. I have a question for you. Okay, you ready? I have a joke for you. Nah, not yet. I want to ask you this question. Okay. <laughs> You're running along on that marathon. You're in New York, okay, and you see this sign and this woman, and she's had this most amazing effect on you in your run to the point where this yeah. woman has had this effect on uh, Kelly. And I'm guessing that because of the effect it had on Kelly, she's told someone else to do that. If you could go back to that original person who said that, what would you say to them? Well, there's only one thing you could say, wasn't it? which is thank you, you're inspirational. Um, to stand there 20 miles, she, she helped me that day. And how many other people did she help? You know, she was and, and so, indirectly, she's helped Kelly as well, which is kind of really cool. Does she know the effect that that's kind of that ripple? So, here's really the question that I want to get to is that you work with businesses, you work with these school teachers and these, these head, these leaders, and you've inspired them to be inspired and that then ripples down to the to the young people in the class and then they go out in the community you know and then they it just ripples it's this beautiful thing isn't it it's quite organic but it just needs that instigator at the beginning how do we get more instigators of inspiration well we could do a podcast and encourage people to listen to it <laughs> and we're telling you right now we're if you're thinking about it, really, often inspiration is about pointing out that the limitations aren't actually there. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like, it's like it's up to you to go and find your own limits, really, and clear away the, the false limits that we put in our minds. And if you can do that with the people in your organisation, then it's going to be a much better organisation. Yeah. If people are not restricted in this kind of process and you know so i don't know when did you get to call her kelly <laughs> well i just figured if I, if I called her kelly you'd know who i was talking about so when i when i've been working with businesses i've always said there's three things that you need to make any organization work and since working with pdp i've now always said that there's four okay so the three okay. the, the right people the right tools and the right permissions and i kind of so for me, it's now the people, the tools, the permissions, and the relationships. It is, yeah. You know, I've worked with some leaders who have absolutely inspired me to think that there are no boundaries and that um, I can do amazing work. Uh, one of them is actually Susie Jones from Reba. So I hope Susie's going to listen to this podcast because now I'm name dropping. So Susie was at Reba. She's now at Urban Splash. 
And the first time I met Susie was she came to Wirral Council to um, talk to the planning committee and a group of businesses around the state of architecture in Wirral and what it could be. So this is Susie, who was extremely focused on sustainability, you know, proper design where you don't have to think about sustainability more. It's already built in thinking about the materials you work with. And she walked in. She's about five foot of this slight of a woman. And she has kind of like she had Claudia Winkleman sort of fringe sort of down yeah. there and kind of hid behind it. And she, she blew in on the ferry, literally. And I wished yeah. to this room and this is a room full of typically you know sort of white middle class male men and she she just had them you know and she yeah. she placed really challenging questions around architecture and design and the future of Wirral and she inspired them all and she particularly inspired me I went on to work with Susie because I just thought I want to learn more about this person and yeah. and she continues to do that so from a PDB perspective, I'd love to find more people and businesses that see the value in inspiring their colleagues. I think yeah. it's, we've all been guilty of kind of looking at the bottom line sometimes, haven't we? But actually the real impact is, it's, it's you know, it, it's unquantifiable, isn't it? In, in the theme of what we're talking about, management and process rather than inspiration and leadership, and it's, this guy looks out of his window this day, and there's this bloke walking along, digs a hole, walks 10 foot and digs another hole, and there's a guy behind him, walks up, fills in the hole he's just dug, and then walks up, fills in the hole he's just dug, and they're going along the street doing this. So he goes out and he says, excuse me, he says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, the guy who plants the trees is off today. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And it's really reflective, actually, on exactly what we've been talking about. So normally on a PDB course, we talk about the theory, we put it into practice, and usually you challenge uh, participants with a quiz. Now, the last podcast, we we did a bit of a game and uh, we had a few messages uh, about it and people really enjoyed it. So come on, Paul, give us a challenge. Well, and I got feedback saying I didn't explain the answer very well last time, so... Anyone who didn't hear that podcast, I, I don't look away now, and um, <laughs> and I'll tell the answer again to the last one. And those who did, um, you can listen again. So the answer to the last one is the third door is the only door telling the truth, but the answer you're looking for is the middle door. Okay, now you have to for those people who you have to go back and look at that one. But today's puzzle, today's Quiz, yeah? Okay, I've got pen and paper ready. Okay. Okay, because we do quite a bit on uh, creativity. You know that thing about liberating people to think differently? And, and so this is the one for today. So <clears throat> three, we're going to call them men. Three men get caught by these pirates, and the, these pirates bury them in the sand. Okay. So they're buried in a line, so the back person can see the front two, and the middle one can only see the front one. And the front one can't see anyone. Okay, so they're buried in a line up to their neck. Yeah. And the pirates say, right, we've got two blue hats and two red hats. And we're going to put one on each of your head. <laughs> no, you're following this, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> the pirates are go on. This, this is a well known old torture the pirates did to people. Okay. So. 
two blue hats and two red hats. We're going to put one on each of your head. Now, if one of you can shout out with certainty whether you've got a red or a blue hat on and shout out correctly, we'll let you all go. But if anyone shouts out the wrong answer, we're going to kill you all, okay? So they go along and they put a hat on each person. The back person can see the front two. The, fr the middle person can only see the front one. The front one can't see anyone. So one of you has to shout, I have a, a red hat on or I have a blue hat on with absolute certainty in order to survive. What's the answer? The one who can see the other two at the back yeah. Yeah. needs to be the person to shout. Okay, what's he going to shout? Say that. What's he seeing? Well, he can see two hats. So they're going to place, you're going to have two blue hats and two red hats. Yeah. Which means there's one hat left over. Is that right? Yeah, there's one hat left over. Okay. So if he can see two reds, then he'll know it's, yeah. then he's wearing a blue. He's got a blue. Yeah. So if, and if he can see two okay. blues, then he's wearing a red. Yeah. What if he can see a blue and a red? Why doesn't he just look up and see what hat he's wearing? Because you can't look up and see what colour hat you wear. Well, why don't you just knock it off? Why don't you just hit the hat off? Because it's got a chin strap on it. <laughs> and the person in the middle can't turn around and see? No. And he can't ask the pirates. What? Ask what? what? Oh, ask a pirate. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing like a cheeky scouser, you know. He's been <laughs> captive to, to try and talk his way out of things. Think out of the box. If nobody, if they're all sitting there and the back guy isn't shouting, what does that tell you? If the back guy isn't shouting. If the back guy goes, I've got a blue hat on, then it means the front two have got red hats on, doesn't it? Ah, so the back guy has to shout what the other two have. No. Tell me the answer, Paul. <laughs> tell me the answer. <laughs> okay, so they're all laying a line. If the... If the back guy can see two hats the same colour, he knows he's got a different colour on. Yeah. So if he isn't shouting, that means that the front two have got different hats on. Yeah. So the one in the middle only has to look at the one in the front. And if he's got a red hat on, he knows he's got a blue hat on. Okay, I need, I need, I need to think about this some more. I feel so like if the one at the back isn't shouting. It means that the two in the front have got different coloured hats on. Right, got it. You got, got it. Got it. Got it. I love. You're going to use that on. I am. You're going to use that on your family tonight. So, listeners, what I do with all of these challenges is that I finish the recording, finish the editing, and then I run off. To, to my boys around the dinner table and I and I try these out over, and they really enjoy them you know they were and it's nice seeing kind of who who does things in a very different way so where uh, Ollie who's our oldest is quite analytical so he's actually quite good at these things where yeah nice um 
So but you have to think out of the box, don't you have to yeah. think why isn't the one at the back shouting? Because if you if you had the same barat on, he'd just shout at him. If he's not shouting, that's it, isn't it? It's, when you know, you know, don't you? Yeah, you don't. Can, like, I, can I ask well, you, just thinking about because you've delivered courses to yeah. you know, people like in, in blue chip organizations, SMEs, charities, uh, people who've been long-term unemployed, uh, yeah. to, to sports professionals, through to young people, challenging families. When you deliver and you try these little games, particularly on yeah. young people, do you think they get them faster? Oh, that's a really good question. I do think we grow down rather than we grow up. What I mean by that is we start closing down. We we get too used to patterns and systems and processes. If if you look at uh, the most people in society, they tend to be uh, the younger people and people with dyslexia and things like that who don't think like the rest of them. Young people, um, if you think about it, like you know, um, like the Beatles were in their teens and everything. It's, and, totally revolutionized the music and Andy Warhol was in his early 20s totally revolutionized the you know um, art and the, the revolutions tend to come from the younger people the teenagers you know I don't hear too many 50 60 70 year olds coming up with something totally revolutional again you know it's like uh, it's like you know, there's two of the Beatles still still alive, isn't they? You know, they're not revolutionising music again. How do you know? It's like uh, if you're listening in, Paul, bring out, give me a chance. <laughs> Did you see um, Elon Musk um, advert the other day? He was he was doing a an interview and he was talking about how he recruits and he particularly recruits young people who do not have a college education. Yeah, he wants exceptional people. And it's not exceptional at the college. Exactly. Well, you. This is the thing about school and college, and that do they do they train you how to think? Do they liberate you in this theme of inspiration, uh, or do they try and channel your thinking into getting through a qualification? You know, mm. it's like I, I remember I was at the back of a classroom when we were working in one of the schools, and um, there was we were just watching how they were teaching in the school, one of them academies I was speaking about. And I remember the teacher saying, okay, um, go away now and let's hope there's no surprises on the exam. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, when you leave school, everything's a surprise, isn't it? Yeah. Everything you do, everything's new and everything's a challenge. And, and as an entrepreneur, it's the surprises that show us the way to go. And they're going, let's hope there's no surprises on the exam. It's like, what what are we doing? Are we trying to educate young people to deal with the unexpected or are we trying to just get them through a qualification? Yeah. It's um so you're a dad and you've you know you've taken your kids through that education system. Um I'm a mom. My education was very different to my children's, you know, I ex-army family went to five different high schools. So you know, I met some of the most amazing teachers ever. You know, I really did because they inspired me. They didn't motivate me. They inspired me. Yes, uh, well and, done. and they just, they helped me navigate and helped me make my own decisions about the world. And I dealt with the consequences of those instead of, you know, berating. Um, but my kids and their education is just so different. How was it for you, your education and your kids? 
My education was a disaster. I was um, excluded on several occasions, usually for questioning the system. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, but I, I hope it's moved on radically. Um, I, I one of the things they had I was doing my, a big part of my education, as you remember, was writing things down in a book. Could be a blackboard or you know a whiteboard, which would go around, and uh, and we had to copy what was on the board into the book, like like we were. They were, they were trying to produce photocopiers, I think, <laughs> instead of um, human beings who were going to go on and to, uh, change the world. Um, so, but I, I, I was uh, inspired, I think, by uh, when I left school, I, I felt like a failed, uh, but then I, I was inspired to think, actually, no, at least it was a joint failure. You know, it was like, the education system failed me as much as I failed the education system. And it's like, you know, it was, I think it was a guy, a German guy called Skull, who, who said, he was an educationalist, and he said, education is what's left after everything you've learned has been forgotten. Wow. I like that. I think we need to put a new segment in this podcast every, every couple of weeks now of quote of the podcast. So we've got we've got theory and story and puzzle and joke and quote. My go. God, what type of podcast are you looking for? We've got the we've got the full head. <laughs> I don't think there's anything left to add. To, uh, to be honest, um, I'd like hey, to. There's nothing wrong with the motivation. I'm not totally against motivation. You know, it's like but it's um, like power. You need it every day. You know, yeah, it's like reward and and they say motivation is about. Uh, greed and pain isn't it you know it's like you're either going through something or from something it's a, that that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but we all need a bit of inspiration as well don't we and i think we're in the lockdown as we're talking at the moment and i think oh my god we could all do with a bit of inspiration couldn't we so my message in the close of this podcast is there is no wall well, you've been amazing today. I have loved our conversation yet again. I have learnt loads. To our listeners, please keep listening. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, your family, anyone who you think who might benefit from this. And if you're someone in need of support of any PDP courses, then get in touch with us. Our contact details are on our bio. So from Paul and I, have a great weekend. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.